All right, welcome back to Nothing Lasts Forever, the only podcast specifically about strictly strictly about, about November rain and a ton of other stuff. We keep saying that it's like our definition of strict is not it's loose. It's a, it's a loose definition. It's a loose of strict. strict. It's loose yeah. So, uh, but I'm Tara. Uh, oh yeah, I'm Robin, and we're TNR. And we talk GNR, and, and we're TNR. And we talk GNR. And, that, that's just- and so <laughs> we uh, we have a guest today, Robin's friend Devin. And Hello. you know, I want to say Robin seems a little uh, a little embarrassed, a little shy. She didn't really want to say we're TNR. We talk GNR. Robin, was- <laughs> Robin, if you're not going to lean into this, even when we have guests, you know. I don't know. I don't know. It took. I'm going like, to roast the shit out of you on this podcast. It took us like 14 episodes recording to realize we were, we're TNR. TNR. That yeah. is like, honestly, I think probably like the best summation of the show that I think I've heard. We're TNR so kinda, and we talk TNR. Yeah, that's, that's great. Is it I'm as kinda, good as <laughs> we're storming Area 51? They can't stop us all? It's about as close is as it? you can get. They can't like, stop us all. This is your version of that. Like, it's <laughs> so, as close as you can get. Yeah, but it, that is that was very cool. Uh, but they did end up stopping the ball. I don't think anyone. A few people showed up. Yeah, to Area Fifty One. I don't mm-hmm. think they got like. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think they got within a hundred. Yeah, I don't even. Miles. Think, I think even they were just kind of like, oh, well, we're not really that yeah, committed this was, to this. this like, was like a living meme. And you know, wait, did they accomplish their mission? Like now that like the government disclosure. is like starting to release yeah, like so, UFO yeah, stuff. The That's government, a good question. The government is like low key confirming the existence of, of UFOs, and we are so disillusioned as a society. We're all like, meh. <laughs> no one cares. No one gives a fuck. It's insane. It's like the biggest news story. In like, but they says the invention of electricity. So did though the storming? The question is, does the storming of Area Fifty One did that? Are you provoke- saying did they release the UFOs? Well, because isn't the reason like in the weird way isn't like the reason they're releasing any of the stuff about like ufos right now because of like a thing like trump signed into office or something so, weird so and, like i want to know what the timeline was as it relates so some, to like some, that some, shit. some people think that that it is a uh, a propaganda campaign so it's not authentic to to develop interest in the space force the new branch of the military that, the, that Trump brought up. So they, they're like, people think the Space Force is a fucking joke because it is. I don't even understand what it is. Is it just NASA? What is the Space yeah, Force? No, none but of the us fact understand. that we don't know what the Space Force is says a lot about the Space Force. And, you know, there are people that say that this, this you know, so-called disclosure of UFOs is to drum up interest and support for enrollment in the Space Force. And let me tell you, I'm pretty close. <laughs> Which is I'm also interesting because, like, I, as far as I know, Space Force has, like, what are they going to do? Like, they're going to be like, okay, cool. Well, well we're going to keep going to, like, the International Space Station, like, a couple times. And back. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not we're gonna fucking orbit. going. We're going to send a, we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna, like, send a robot really to Mars. I've never the concept of, like, 18-year-olds getting... And like enrolling and in, in the space, space force. So you're going yeah. to the military side of like army, <laughs> navy, <laughs> so marines, weird. space force. Sign me up. Well, because they assume it's going to be like starship troopers. They assume it's going to be like, oh, cool, we're going to get like a bunch of like young no, kids who are excited to go to Mars. And it's like, no, we actually have nothing to do. Like, also, we if we find anything, do. like it's at best. Actually, we're it's just, you know what? Just and that, waste on, money. Actually, sounds kind of tight. You get your GI Bill. You don't do shit. <laughs> you, you sit around space. for a few years. You maybe go to space. You maybe don't, and then they pay for college. Yeah, yeah, so this is an advertisement for Space so, Force. This Congrats. episode brought to you by the Space Force. <laughs> by yeah. Space Force. So, anyways, we have a guest, Devin. Um, Devin, introduce. What? How would you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. What That's is a good question. Like, if I would introduce myself, I would say, "My name's Tara, and I love cats." <laughs> um. So I am. And November um, in. the D of D and TNR. Um. I am. <laughs> uh. I. I guess would consider myself like a, a like a 
filmmaker. I'm an artist. I'm just kind of a a bon vivant about town. Uh, and I am, as Tara said, Robin's friend. I think most prominently <laughs> Dude, in my all life. All guests are either just like quote yeah, Tara's, Tara's friend, friend. And, and also friend. a lot of the guests they're just like people I've had sex with. But I'm not going to tell you guys which ones. <laughs> well, it's I, not my brother. I will, yeah, oh. I will say full oh. disclosure. I have not had sex with either of the two hosts. Um, <laughs> so like, congrats right. on like breaking a new boundary. <laughs> Oh, both right. of you. oh, keeping a boundary. Yeah, keeping Keep, one Okay, from here on out, I will not sleep with the guests. I can't promise that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that seems like a very like lofty but promise it, for anybody to that's make. That's not what's <laughs> happening. She's not sleeping with the guests. We're getting guests from her sexual past. Yeah, yes. from like her black book, <laughs> basically. No, no, because... I stay friends with the people I sleep with. We stay friends. Yeah, which is I, completely fucked up. I mean, oh. like it's healthy. <laughs> what? But like it's healthy in like the way that like no one else does it. And like it's no probably something that? that somebody else. Are you not friends with people you've slept with? Just like you become you sleep together, you're like, meh, and they just become friends. That no? happens. That's that happens a, to me a lot. Like very few. Very limited. But I will say that I'm usually the one that mez them. Yeah. It's a rare instance where I get med and I'm very hurt. <laughs> It's med a verb now? It like, is. I've used it a lot. That's fair. Wait, what is med? Like M-E-H, I'm assuming. Like oh, med, like I've apostrophe never, Good job. That's a yeah, new that's one. A good. Oh, cool. Can you write that down? I'm going to forget. No, I'm not going to write what it down. So, okay, Tara but Devin, you're a really work. talented yes. artist, but you were also, we were just talking about this, the host of Jeopardy. Yes. You're a, what did you just say? Yeah. What word was that? Yeah, it's bad. That's, that's <laughs> Can you say that? Can you please repeat we that word? We really tried to think of every other option and that what was the best you, one. I did not understand so what, what you I, just said. Um, what Robin is referring to is a Jeopardy themed show I did with the hosts of uh, another podcast that I will not say is better than this one, but I also <laughs> cannot specify anything more on that um, called LA Pod and the Jeopardy version of it is Jeopardy. I can say, I can say for sure that this podcast is better than yeah. oh, that podcast. I, I won't. I'm I won't say record. anything. I I'm won't. on record. So, but it's podcast. They were Jeopardy Pod So they had the oh, podcast. I didn't host. understand what you were saying. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah I am a game that? show host. Yeah, and unfortunately, shows. we did. That's a, and that sucks. It's such a bad. No, it's a terrible title. But they're legitimately we we did you, workshop you really it for weeks and like <laughs> legitimately it. like it is probably like the one game show that really does not have a whole lot of other yeah, yeah. wiggle room all, for us. Yeah, fair enough. But it's really fun. I uh, will so do anyways, it again. Welcome and Devin. We'll Jeopardy. Yeah, so welcome that's my other welcome game Devin show. to Nothing Lasts Forever, the podcast about November rain. Great to be and, here. And um, since we've already, yeah, uh, docs to my sex life, talked about the Space Force. Did we bring up Minions yet? What else we talked about today? We brought up Minions before the podcast. Oh, okay, but Minions, it's I, thought, I said I thought they were kind of cool. Yeah, Tara said that minions were specifically she, very sexy before the podcast you started. You brought up minion porn. I did not bring up. That was entirely a Tara thing. That's not you, true. That's you said that minions have come full circle. To being like hip, ironically hip, cool again. Which, and then, yeah, where Shrek is. But I don't yeah. think minions have got there yet. Well, good. That means they're not cool enough. So I can like bring in some minion content. Min, minions are chuggy is what we were talking chuggy. about. But we'll so anyways, Devin, welcome. So um, tell me. I'm just going to fully pivot right into November rain here. What do you know about November yeah, What do you when know? I, when I say Guns N' Roses November rain to you, what is the first thing you think of? This um, podcast, probably. Don't answer for him. Technically, it is this podcast. Um, when I think of Guns N' Roses November rain, I think of um, rain. I think of Slash. I think of my overall kind of l- lingering, like, and really not 
bounded in anything dislike of Axl Rose and Axl Rose's entire thing. And that's like my concept of Guns N' Roses so in general, you, I think. What, if anything, do you remember about the music video? I remember Rain. That is legitimately, yeah, I think I remember fair. Slash in Rain and I don't 100% know that I like have seen another frame. Like so, I could probably draw a single frame of November Rain and it would probably skew Are you, are you saying close. literally draw? I probably could draw well, I would like one, to see that. <laughs> but like it would be like, that's like the only like memory I would have okay. of this music video. Okay. Everything else is completely well, it like. it does have rain and slash. Yeah, so far, so far you're right. I yes. think everything else I know about, or everything else I think I can like picture about Guns N' Roses is tied to like the Welcome to the Jungle video. And that's like It's a it. different era. Yeah, exactly. So, um, just so I have a little bit of context about, you know, your lack of memory about the greatest music video of all time. So this video's video came out in February of 1992. Wait, when were you born? I was born in uh, January 1995. So there it is. There it is. Older than Devin. Yeah, it explains a lot. So um, November Rain just had its 29th Yeah, November Rain's pushing 30. Yeah. 30s, baby. Yeah. It's there. It's not there. It's It's coming. It's It's not quite there, but it will be there. Come come right around the corner February. February Okay, so Rain slash. Yeah. And then Axel, what are your... Just Axel exists? Is that... So my thoughts of Axel um, are entirely tied to my like weird teenage dumb as like a very big Nirvana fan, which again, I, I told specify. you guys do not make this episode about Nirvana. This yeah, isn't a Nirvana I think we're gonna, At this point we're in there. So like, this <laughs> is the thing. Robin and I got like, the worst fight of our friendship over Nirvana on this podcast. This is the thing. I will, the say, I will say some very specific things about Nirvana, which is that like, as a person who was again born completely after the discography of this entire artist's life, yeah, he was a year dead by the time I was born, a year and a half, and like I like came into it, I think like midway through middle school, like I like my entire like the only music I really started to connect to when I was like in middle school, when I first started to like understand like music as a thing that you could like enjoy and wasn't just a thing that was like on the radio was like, Oh cool. I like the like nineties alt rock that like my dad would play in car rides or things like that. And so like Nirvana immediately was like the, it wasn't the first of those that I like latched onto, but I think it was the most like, prominent like oh this is what i love about music and then like getting very deep into those rabbit holes is where i kind of came out with a like i come into guns and roses through the prism of like um the like through like kurt cobain books through like Mm -hmm. the entire Mm -hmm. idea of like this like this band that I liked was in like the their antithesis. view. Exactly. The antithesis mm-hmm. of this other style of music. This was like. Yet they couldn't exist. At, they, you know, they existed in parallel this on is the what, same record label. We talk about this ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah. But um, they were their yin and their yang. Yeah, and actually they, they like had, very they similar. Needed, they were symbiotic. Yeah. It, they it, like, each other. As much as like, I think Nirvana liked to pretend like that they were like their antithesis was like Pearl Jam or something like that. Like, I think that is very true. Like their antithesis was Guns N' Roses no. in so many ways. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And I believe my theory is that Nevermind wouldn't have taken off without Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it, it was, right? I think it needed hair metal to like, to like truly reject. find its own yeah. id. Like it needed a yeah. it needed something that people didn't like and didn't identify yep. with to like for people to like understand what they actually like did 
understand. Like, and what, I think that's why the thing. do I like this thing about Nirvana? Like instead of this thing about Guns yeah, Roses, like I can't I, yeah. imagine that there was a ton of. I'm sure there was some overlap, but I can't the, imagine there was a ton. Illusion era. So this was a this was a this was a more like a high production, high production value, you know, big time, you know, short film music videos. It was very much. I mean, if you were it was to compare, the perfect place if you, for it. if you were to compare, you know, Bleach to Appetite for Destruction, they're actually could, very similar. Yeah, they're similar trajectory. Yeah. Bleach is a and, lot more like hair metal than yeah, like Nevermind so, is certainly. So it's interesting that these bands both like kind of blossomed yeah. that same, basically that same. It fall. was like a perfect era for like. Like the MTV era of the early nineties was like the only era that could like sustain like a very high level of like, like what I would consider like almost like three tiers of like alt rock, which is that like guns and roses, assuming that's like considered alt rock in some level. I don't think it is either, but like, like like one, like hard, like far to one level. Then you have like Nirvana and then you have like an REM. And I think that like those Mm -hmm. kind of like three things can all sustain each other in like the early, like like early nineties MTV is the only kind of like era where like all three of those could like kind of find their own niche. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Oh, and the black crows. Mm-hmm. Where do they fit in that? I think that they're mainstream rock. So the, the definition, uh-huh. I mean like the definition of alternative rock is that it's an alternative to the mainstream, most accessible stuff you're going to see on MTV, on the radio, you know, ads on the sides of the road. So originally alternative would have been early Nirvana. It would have been, what was the other band you just made? R.E.M. 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 was more college radio rock. Yeah, yeah and that, was, that was a similar kind of thing happening, but alternative rock. was like rock, a springboard for rock, like The earliest grunge. forms of alternative rock were just that. They were an alternative alternative to radio rock. So, um, and, then it, and then the term became radio rock in its in a yeah. different way yeah but yeah. then like the early the appetite guns what's interesting is they have like such a raw kind of like indie type not indie type but like they were living out of a storage unit when they recorded mm-hmm. that album they were kind of rejecting the hair metal and went back to really just straight rock and roll uh and uh like no hair, but it was, on it was like kind of for what was on. You know, it was it, was, it, it played into they the, were a rejection. It of played the into stuff the, still, in the hands of the hair metal trend that was happening, which would yeah. have been, again like Molly Crew, Poison. Not, you couldn't, with any stretch of the imagination, consider those bands. Um, you know, ACDC, uh, Alternative Rock. These are mainstream rock bands. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, everyone starts somewhere. Nobody, uh, you know, very few, very few bands that, that aren't like industry plants start, you know, and just like hit the ground running and skyrocket. And I, I mean, feel like that's... Rosa skyrocketed. Oasis skyrocketed. It can happen. Yeah. But like their intention was always to be this like massive stadium rock band. Yeah. To some extent, I feel like that's a thing too. Like Guns N' Roses could have... I, I will say that like I, I don't have a whole lot of like emotional or any sort of connection to Guns N' Roses outside of legitimately conversations with you and Robin uh, outside cool. of this podcast. Yeah. But like my... Like Guns N' Roses is kind of admirable in my head in the sense that like they very easily and probably more easily than a lot of other bands in the early 90s could have pivoted to alt rock in a much more like succinct way. they in a way did. I I suppose. In a way, they did. Wait, with Chinese 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 democracy. I suppose. But it was outdated. It was outdated. It was just a few years off, poor buddy. (laughs) How long did it take him to make Chinese democracy? 15 15 years. years. So he spent 15 years trying to catch up. Uh, making and the then by the time Bush it came out, album. he was twelve years behind. Yeah, yeah. he was like because oh, they God. very easily could have gotten like <laughs> a like it felt like 
I think to me, always in my concept of like Guns N' Roses was like, okay, cool. They picked their lane. They picked that they yeah. were going to like kind of stay with like the hair metal thing. And like that was going to kind of be to some I extent. Think it was more like 13 years. It was over a decade. Like, oh, yeah. It was, it was a, a it was long absurd. ass time. Yeah. It was a long time. I think 15. I mean, it was it was from the very end of Spaghetti Incident straight through 2008. So that would be about 14 94, years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. So. So we're, we're you just remember Rain and Slash. slash which yeah. Is, Wait, and you really? know that Axel's in the band. Do you know anything else about anyone else? Uh, I know the name Duff McKagan. Oh, yeah. our sweet angel. Yeah, I we know, love Dave. I know literally nothing else. That's it. That's you it. Know, you know the- Everything else I know about Guns N' Roses completely pivots on Nirvana. We, we really did. So. We didn't start, like, we, we didn't start able to list, like, the, all, like, the kind of rotating cast. I remember no, not at days. all. Like, we knew who Duff was, too. All right, so we're going to hit pause. We're going to watch that vid. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back. We're back. Um, Devin. <laughs> Did that feel like nine minutes to you? Was that nine minutes? Yeah, it feels like 30 seconds. It did feel like 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty it incredible. Really it, like, it like shifts time and space. I don't know. So, all right. Well, you just watched November Rain for the first time. Yeah, when was the last time you think you saw it? Like, I don't think I did. I realized like while I watched it, it that <laughs> like, I think even the image that I had in my head of what November Rain looked like was not I mean, there the entire time. I she died. I was shocked really the entire time. <laughs> now knowing that it was nine minutes long, I was shocked for about eight and a half minutes of that music video. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, uh, the she bride dies. dies. <laughs> kind of, and out of nowhere, there's nine oh, minutes okay. and really just kind of like yeah. decides to like plant that in the middle of just being like, all right, so we're married now. And by so, the way, so immediately on died. that topic, how yeah. do you think she died? What do you think happened there? What's, what's. I I mean I there have was about to assume seven minutes of lead in. <laughs> yeah, there was enough of like weird glances at Axel that I assumed it was like a weird like suicide. I like my head is really like spinning after <laughs> okay, watching this video. Yeah, take a deep yeah. breath. Take a deep breath. Yeah, take a deep breath. We can talk about the the <sighs> COD. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's a big question. The, you know, the two big. You know. Uh, well, so we do this podcast. It's an investigation into finding out is, is November Rain. The greatest music video of all time. I'll say it's the most. It's one of the most music videos of all time. Yes. Good that is a good answer. Wow. It is one of the most it music videos of all time. It's definitely a music like video. In one of, like in some good ways, but I would say probably personally, mostly Ooh. bad ways. It is like exactly what like a parody video of like the late 80s and early 90s music videos would have been, which is like there was too much money. There yeah, was absolutely. way too much like emphasis on narrative. There was an, like too much cocaine and there was not enough like yes, people yes, running yes. around these there sets that bingo. were like actually able to be like, hey, so I don't yeah. know, does any of this make any fucking if sense? If you combine cocaine and yes and men, yes men, and a yeah. couple million dollars. Yeah, this is so what you get. What we could come up with for that. Yeah. I mean, It'd like be fucking bad shit. I'll say, like, to start things off, one of the things that I noticed about November Rain, uh, especially coming from the point of a like GNR newbie, is that like. There's no fucking reason why, like, Slash is not the center point of every video. Yeah. He's the, like, hottest and, like, Ugh. most clearly, like, charismatic and photogenic member of that entire thing. He's the most you, interesting, even though he has absolutely no emotional states whatsoever. He hey. is the most, like, 
outwardly exciting member of that he's band like a, by yeah. far. Cartoon kind of. You don't. He, he, I, you don't even see his eyes. The entire so, music but, video. And it's kind the of fact, beautiful. The yeah. fact that that Devin can identify, especially in that first solo when he exits the, the tiny like Doctor Who chapel, and, and Rob and I say this. It is one of the sexiest portrayals of a man like we've ever seen. Like you have to be fucking blind to not acknowledge that. But it's it is like if if you could kind of capture that moment and put it in everything, everything would be yeah. yeah I think that, like, that's the video. Right, like that's right. what that video should. That's what every Guns N' Roses video should be. It should just be Slash doing his well, thing. A lot so, of them so, do have so, that. So, most of the, kind the video, of the video for Patience is Slash in a like a hotel room and he's lying on a bed. And so the rest of the band is playing, it's an acoustic song. So the rest of the band is in like another room and then Slash is on his own in a bedroom and he's playing with snakes and it's like a rotating cast of women. Yeah. Coming out. So he's like, and you know, like that story is that he's fucking like this rotating cast of women. So it is actually a Slash, cent- slash focus video. What they fuck up with the sexiness of it is they throw a bunch of snakes on the so bed. So one of the things about that video is... Patience? Patience. So he's seen in like a different scene. The backstory is that he was too... He was like passed out from too much heroin to be in the original one. So they gave him some snakes so and said, him, lay on this and bed said, and we're going to send some chicks in? Lay on the bed. That's all he could do was lay on the bed. Holy shit. See, that's he's like, a snake. Do you know he's Sasha's a snake guy? A snake guy? He's a snake guy. Like, I don't know that, but I... It makes like, sense. It makes 100% yeah. sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the only thing I could find wrong with so it. So that's the thing that and the genital warts. He also has genital warts. I think I've heard and, that. And I'm not saying <laughs> that I've heard he that. doxed himself. He it's put, in his biography. Dude, he put in his own autobiography, autobiography that he has genital warts. It was like a warning to the world or a warning hey, directly to way. me. But I tell you, I do not heed that warning. Yeah. yeah. I would still. Yeah. This is a thing yeah, that we've talked about too. Is that. <laughs> Especially when, like, the other options are just not great. So, like, that is really the, like, remaining mm-hmm. option. And if that's all that's there, it's just like, yeah, I'll take I'll the take chance. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, where did you get your words from? Slash. Yeah. That's kind of a cool I mean, story. It's like one sentence in the book. But you know what? I, I can't I believe that, that he included that. Picked that up. Yeah. It's like, you gotta he did fill it. that space He really somehow. didn't have to say that. It's just yeah. really, like, weird. it's, like, it's crazy to watch a video of, like, just I don't know, man. I just like I find Axl Rose like such a whiny baby, and like I this know. does not help. I think that picture of him in my mind because he just like looks like total shit in this video. Like he's just very like he just feels it's like fan fiction. Like it's very it's much his own, just like it's his own fan fiction. fiction. Which That's exactly is, like, what it is. Yeah, which is interesting, but it's also just like so clearly doesn't even really like idealize Axel in the ways that I think in other, like the other couple of Guns N' Roses video that I'm sure I've seen, like I've seen Welcome to the Jungle, I'm sure I've seen a couple other ones where it's at least like you at least seem cool. Like yeah. he's as cool not, as hell. Look at the jungle. Yeah, it's a like, he's pretty much live. Cool it's in other videos, and it at least yeah. feels like okay, they're on his side. This one feels like it just <laughs> wants Axl Rose to look like the like just wimpiest boy. Yeah. No, the thing is, is Axl Rose Axl had Rose a shit was ton cool. of creative control over that. So like that was not the rest of the band. Yeah, didn't thought that was lame. Didn't want to. Didn't do want it. to be there. And at this point in the band, so the band broke up. a couple years after this case. Like not far. They were pretty on the verge. They were on the verge of breaking up. They had a new drummer at this point. They had a new rhythm guitarist at this point. They, they didn't want to participate in this bloated show of excess. Yeah. But Axel, Axel's the biggest rock star in the world at this point. He, what Axel wants, He was dictating it all, yeah. How many locations are there in them? Like, I I know we're jumping around, but like, okay, I I figured you guys would, because that was like one of the main things. We got Orpheum Theater. Yep. Orpheum Theater. We've got St. Brendan's Catholic Church over (laughs) on Van Ness. Yep. Uh, We've got like a country club in San Marino. 
the Rainbow Room. We got the Rainbow, rainbow Bar room and Grill. Was, like very we've interesting got a, to me. We've got yeah. a cemetery that we have yet to identify, and then we have the chapel, the in desert, set, which is a set in is set in uh, New, New Mexico. Mexico. Is the Rainbow Bar and Grill only in the one insert in the for one no scene. reason? Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And for no that reason was, or for. The uh, best of reasons. I, yeah. Was there exposition that scene? I might have missed anything important that happened, but no, it no, really no. did feel I like. Mean, it's aside from the trading the hats, the they're just, just hanging out. The that was just the boys. They're the boys yeah. in the boat trading hats, oh, and taking the, shots, and, and the Jack. girlfriends are there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. One girl did put on Slash's hat, yes, which I did find was honestly like one of the coolest parts. That yes. was like we agree. Yeah. we love trading hats. She's got the hat. It's like covering her eyes. It looks for her. It is absolutely like a like this girl is about to just get absolutely massacred by one of the members of Guns N' Roses. It's like. Best cool. way. Yeah. So, like, in the deepest depths of quarantine, where Robin and I were like just isolated from every part of the world except <laughs> each other, like we talked I about over that all scene. we wanted was to go to the bow and trade some hats with each other or the boys. Like it's all we wanted. We'll go sit at table six at the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset and just trade some have hats. One slash hat. hats. Yeah, yeah. Mm. God, mm. that that is one of, is still yeah one of my favorite scenes. Are we so, missing I still want to. I still want to do that. The other location is like his apartment or like oh, where yes, he like yes. lives in this right, like right, church type the thing. opening scene oh, yeah. in the bed yeah right. well the weird thing about like so much of the like i actually don't hate the like weird narrative shit as much if it wasn't like encompassed in like this strange like also we're on stage because that is i think like one of the yeah. most like music video things were like well we have a lot of time to kill so we might as well also show them doing like a live performance yeah. and it's like they have a they have like a, a conductor yeah they there's have like a hundred people stuff. up there yeah, yeah there's like an there. insane like it's a full house to watch Guns N' Roses perform at the Orpheum yeah. it's like it's very like I think it like immediately negates uh I, I don't know it's it's very fascinating to me to like encompass it within like that kind of like narrative and because it's interesting you point that out that's actually something we've not, also we because like, on. nine yeah. minutes it did like if they if they removed the orpheum scenes and just made it the storyline five minutes well, long the, but the song is nine minutes long i know but they couldn't yes they that's had, interesting so it's amazing they, 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 the, like, they would have had to be have nine minutes of like maybe the trading hats scene would have been a minute longer i mean like, maybe, maybe they explained they how she died yeah. yeah right um right well, but i personally like the live performance scene i think i think slash looks great i like seeing the backup singers i like the piano i like the piano i like the kenny g looking conductor but interesting fact about the orchestra robin and i found out so on the recording of use your illusion one which that appears on it's a synth it's axel on a synthesizer it's axel i re- it's dizzy on the synthesizer oh it's, it's, it's a keyboarders on the synthesizer but axel like wrote it yeah, there's yeah, no, there was no orchestra. It. Is it was there synthetic. like I think also one of the things about the live performance thing that like irked me or like was like always on my mind while watching this was like why Axel like it was such a self serious thing to like be like why is he behind the piano? There's not really a prominent piano yes, in this song. So so go back. The thing is that you just missed that video <laughs> was so batshit. That's true. You didn't have an opportunity to actually listen to the song. Yeah. So that when, is when you extremely go back true. and listen to the song, it's a piano bass. It's a piano level. It's a piano ballad. Yeah. It? Okay. He's actually very good at that and piano. Yeah. Several songs. It's so immediate, it feels are. so immediately buried in a lot of ways that like it's kind the of song. like 
song. Or well, the the piano aspects of it feels so like immediate. Like it's not even like one of those things where it's kind of like a, a Queen thing. Where like okay, we're gonna start with piano and then we're gonna build all these things. Yeah. It really feels like a song where they're just kind of like, all right, so we're gonna start with every single like person playing their shit and like they're not gonna stop. Like, but this is this goes back to the this is the end of Guns N' Roses. This is yeah. the band they wanted to be. So like even really rocking songs on the User Illusion albums like Locomotive, which is yeah. a rock song. It still ends for no reason with a minute. It ends with a minute long piano solo. Really? Yes. Oh. Like he just Axel. That's his instrument. So, that's Axel's instrument, and he's very good at it. Like you I, can't minimize that. But they didn't want to be this like piano rock band. I read an interesting thing just recently. So I do the research. I read the books, and, and I listen to and the I, tunes, and I love it. Yeah. So she listens to the tunes. I read the books, but I read a really interesting thing the other day that he said. I couldn't afford a piano or had room for a piano in my house till after Appetite for Destruction. So we finally bought a piano and then everything was like piano based. So after he that. wanted to do piano stuff maybe before, but he couldn't, he like never had the means to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that makes sense. Yeah, but, I still, sense. but I don't think that early incarnate, I mean, like I don't see how piano yeah, getting into but anything But he dreaming. So November Rain. And it was his goal then. That song had been in existence like 10 years before this, yeah. before it came out in the album. He'd been dreaming about like doing his power ballad or whatever yeah. about uh, Rain or whatever. But yeah, how it's do you know this piano Rain. though when you got three slash solos? That's the thing. Uh, like, and they and, are, woof. Like, and they are very prominent. They like do yeah. not, like they really do cut. Like that's the thing too. Like there's no like real piano by itself as much in that yeah. music like in that song or in Except the video when he's doing the thing at the end yeah. where he's like I guess, yeah. what do you call that because like every slash uh, solo is like so yeah. and, and so and music if you ask him so we say there's three solos mm-hmm. there's technically two the heaven solo and the hell solos we call it the first two solos are note for note the same and they are i think you know i didn't know they were note for note the are, same a musician told me that a, mu- a, big quote, a musician oh. told me that um that it's just basically a solo with a break. Uh, so yeah, the yeah. second part is an, ext- an extension of the first part. So that's why that's the heaven solo. The heaven, and then, heaven, and hell. And then you have, but we said the heaven, heaven, and hell. Yeah. yeah. Or heaven, purgatory, hell. Yeah. yeah. Whichever, yeah. yeah. The real like Dante's trifecta. Is, but hell, well, I like that. I prefer the hell solo. I mean, I, I, I like the heaven solo because we get that, that scene outside the chapel yeah. where he's I looking almost, fly as hell. Yeah. The f- it's yes. amazing to like, to know how much money must have gone into this music yes. video, to know how much time was clearly you know, 1. spent. 1.9 million filmed. or whatever? What was yeah, this? like clearly a like. Yeah, it was 1.5 in 92 money. We so it's like over two Yeah, like that's like Madonna money going yeah. to a music yeah. video, which yeah. is amazing. And like to know all of that is happening. And at the same time, like they, like there's a nine minutes of stuff where like at some point you feel like there must be like some sense of like a, a narrative forming and there's never really any of it like it just kind of is like i guess at one point like axel's like wife looks at him weird the next moment she's dead and then the re- like half of the movie is about to get married there's like a brief moment where like they're in like the godfather and like yes. they're like <laughs> just kind of like hey we're at a wedding reception and like all of the kids are Look dressed Italian. up in tuxes yeah. and everyone <laughs> looks so like and really looks fucking Italian, Italian. Yeah. and then it rains because the song says rain and, and then, then people it's are like dead. dying yeah and then like from she's the rain, dead right? and that's yeah. the thing yeah. like, and I think they're it, diving from the rain there was like almost, it's the Gaza Strip it's very insane there was like a, a po- there was a point. I'll walk right over that. There was like a point in that like video where I was kind of like when I like started realizing the like woman was dead. I was like, 
Oh, like it would have been kind of cool if she had like died from like lightning or something. Where I was kind of like, it would have been cool if it was like related. Killed her. Yeah, like it would have been like more at least like dramatic in like a very like melodrama sense, which is clearly what like the music video seems aimed at, which is just like high like soap opera esque. Like, how do we like escalate this? And it just kind of feels like, eh, well, my wife is uh, dead. Uh, Yeah, the way they cut (laughs) it. My wife is dead. No, my wife is dead. uh, The way they cut (laughs) it is basically in suits. We might as well go to their funeral now. We already have one costume change for this music video. Uh, but yeah, because the way they cut it is that it looks like the rain to immediately yes. funeral. Yeah. yeah, the rain like comes, which I, I guess I get on like a metaphorical yeah. level. But like when the rest of the movie is like, or when the rest of the music video is like, Hey, let's detail every single thing that happens in this wedding. Like, it feels weird to just be like, hey, so at the climax, we're actually just going to, like, skirt over this. Oh, God. So, so one thing that we've yeah. learned from mm-hmm. doing in this, so it actually, like, the, ty- the, what do you call it? The ending credit? There's a thing that says, based on a story called Without You by Del James. So it's actually... And like, hmm, what's that? There's a, there is a narrative of this like long story of this rock star love There was a short death. story yeah. that Guns N' Roses <laughs> made three videos based but, on. That so, rules. Yeah. It does, it this does is rule. This is fantastic. So, really, so as we've gone through this, there's actually a narrative that spans three videos. Uh-huh. And shockingly this November is rain two. is the one that makes the most sense. It's like the November rain are they, is like a linear encyc- like encyclopedia clear story compared to the other two videos. Yeah. Is there like, they uh, are, you, you wouldn't believe how crazy they are. You can go watch them. Okay. Yeah. But like, do they, is it like one of those kind of like early nineties Pulp Fiction type things where like one of the other videos would kind of give me context or is it just truly like they're kind truly of, kind of, if you watch, if you watch the if three, you watch all three. If, you watch, if you watch all three and also know the short story, then it would make sense. I'm, the not, ideal I'm dream not sure to have watching to know everything. all three minus the short story. Cause, because don't so cry there's another thing makes so little sense. So, there's okay, not- so it starts with Don't Cry, then November Rain, then Estrange. And Don't Cry kind of has some, like, preface. You see Stephanie She's and, like, more in their relationship. Uh, but then what happened in real life is Axel and Stephanie broke up oh. before the third know, isn't one. Isn't shocking that relationship? So Axel so- and the, the girl that plays the bride were engaged in real life. Okay, so that yeah. was, so like, a more, about. like, extraneous so kind of, like, non Did you recognize her? No, absolutely so she was, not. She I a, assume she was like so, a boilerplate, like no, Italian Steph, woman. She was like That's Stephanie a, Seymour. So the supermodels of the early nineties, like the Kate Mosses, Christy. She Durman was an original, she was a, uh, original angel, supermodel. Victoria's Secret. I anthem. assumed she was like a model based on the fact that Axel Rose was notably seven but inches shorter than her. But she was that that peak of yeah. the super the nineties. Like, yeah, that like so exact era famous. where like this yeah. is like she was very very famous. Yeah. And so it was like it was like a famous coupling of the supermodel and the rock star. Yep. And so she's in Don't Cry. She's in November rain. The, he had intentions for her to be in the third one. They, that relationship doesn't work out. And so the third one's totally insane yeah. because he had to rewrite it and based like, on really her. What a shocker that when I kill you in my music video, maybe <laughs> our relationship is kind of That's doomed. What, what I like, fake marry you and then murder you. Yeah. yeah. 
totally and then, weird. And then in the Don't Cry video, they like they like pull guns on each other and yeah. like slash drives a car off a cliff. It's very tight. I, yeah. I love the idea that like all of these videos hinge on like the fact that like at some point Slash just does his own thing. Honestly, that rules. Totally. That's like my totally. favorite running Dude, gag. Wait, is, do you know what's something I'm just realizing? In all three videos, Slash kind of dies and then resurrects. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. If we think about in Slash. this video, he dies like metaphor, like when he's walking out the Ugh. church. Let's just say he dies. And he's like heaven. going into heaven. Yeah, it's a heaven soul. But in the other ones, he dies. He jumps off a cliff and then he gets drowned. Yeah, and then he resurrects it. <laughs> all three videos. And, uh, and don't cry. He drives a car off a cliff and then it isn't dead. It's one of and my. And then in a strange, uh, I think he, he drowns, drowns and then he literally like rises <sighs> from the water so and then it's like amazing. walking on water like Jesus tight. That's the thing. It's God. like it's like they understand at the time that like Slash is way more interesting, well, but like they, at the same like I love the idea that it's just like okay, so we're focusing on this like narrative. This is great. Like Axel gets to like fuck a chick and then like at the same. I was like, all right, so what cool thing is Slash doing that no one else is paying yeah, attention yeah. to? Slash like, is like, what cool thing is Slash going to do It this is now? like my favorite thing I think about, like, everything culturally about Slash, everything so cool. is so, like, cool in I that way. Because need, it, I think you need to read Slash by Slash and Anthony Boza. Yeah. It's, a, like, which is a shame that it's not called Slash Fiction, but, like, that's a different, <laughs> oh. like, that's, like, a because different. Because it's a true story. I guess, but, like. I love the fact that. He couldn't think of a name for his autobiography besides oh, Slash. And, and, I mean, we could talk about Slash by Slash forever. But there's really like dude, so many good punt like backslash. So oh, we made backslash forward slash jokes. Yeah. So when when reading, I've only read uh, excerpts that she's like narrated to me. But even with like a talented co-writer, yeah, like with like a real ghostwriter, kind of borderline retarded. Yeah, absolutely. He's not I, a smarty pants. I think like that doesn't surprise me at all about like slash like the, guy's the idea. Good on, the guy's good on guitar. That's the thing. I think like he's like a weird like like a, a savant in the sense that like okay cool he really does like have a deep understanding of one thing. It he is guitar. Like dirt, he like dirt bikes, snakes. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just kind of like and pinball maybe. He is like the weird like Sid Vicious kind of thing of like the Sex Pistols where it's just kind of like okay cool well you're gonna kind of do your own thing and like like it reminds me of like old. I mean, really like kind of like TV show type writing where it's kind of like, okay, cool. So we have like a main story and then we always have like these kind of B characters who do their own thing and at the very end, they're going to come back with us. And then, yeah, and at the very end, it's going to be like, ah, hey, I guess like Shaggy Scooby, what were you guys doing? And it's (laughs) like, ah, Scooby. No, great. We were doing some crazy shit. The thing is, you know, the reason Slash was very, is very famous and was very famous at the time. Of course, he's more, I feel like, notable on a like personal level than like, Axel Rose well, is because more, he's Axel more Rose, accessible than yeah, Axel Rose. Absolutely. Yeah, but Axel Rose at the time they were both was, very, very famous. Yeah. Let's not like minimize Slash. But Axel Rose was was the bigger, more famous one because he wanted to be. Yeah, and he made a like you know made scenes everywhere he went. Slash just didn't behave that. Now, Slash did make scenes, but it wasn't so deliberate. Yeah, like yeah. Slash got like you know Slash is more like made a scene for beating his wife. Yeah, uh, not yeah. an ideal. Oh thing. God! I know. When we, talk, when we start getting into problematic slash, me and Robin like hate talking about yeah. it. What I actually am yeah. now realizing too about Guns N' Roses is very interesting in that um, they really are a band that 
you don't know their eyes very well. Um, Slash is obviously the most prominent of that. Like he like is primarily in my entire memory of Slash. It is like, okay, either my hair is covering my eyes or my hat is like yeah. covering my eyes over my hair. Are you, are you asking if he has eyes? Well, I know he has eyes. I know oh. I've seen them and I've seen like, <laughs> like Axl Rose's eyes as well. But like primarily both of them usually are in their peak were like photographed either behind sunglasses or like under a hat or something like that Mm -hmm. where it's like it's very different than like that kind of uh, uh, again to kind of like harken back to like my weird like spy versus spy thing about like Nirvana versus Guns N' Roses which is that like Nirvana is extremely accessible based on the eyes I mean most of my memories of Kurt Cobain are based on like oh this is like this is like I mean like one of my favorite memories of that band, something that I've talked about, like ad nauseum to like people when I'm drunk at parties is like the idea of like in that, like unplugged at New York thing. Like the, one of the last things you see is just like before he screams the last time is just, you see him like open up his eyes mm-hmm. and look at you. And like, you feel like you just like see something for the first time. And like, that is like, the, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe to some extent, one of the big differences and maybe something that I'm now realizing is like, uh, a barrier to Guns N' Roses for me because right. a lot of so my favorite was, artists it was a were total, eyes. It was putting a wall up. So yeah. it, basically, Kurt Cobain was humanized. Kurt Cobain seemed always, no matter how big, famous they were, and then even, death, even after his death, Kurt Cobain always seemed to be a real, you know, a real And on person. an intentional and, level, yes. And, and, and on a very, like, and, and, yeah, clearly was trying you know, to, it's, like... It's even now, and it's, it's hard to look at people like Axl Rose and Slash as, like, real human beings, at least. Especially at this point, in yeah. 91, 92. So one of the things, it was just, like, peak excess at this mm-hmm. point, and then Kurt is totally accessible. Yeah. And yeah. exactly, like... And hair metal just seems like it was kind of, like, a... a more, with his fame yeah. while they were reveling in it. And, like, yeah. also understands that, like, I, I mean... To speak as like I guess like uh, artist, animator, filmmaker, or whatever, but like like one of the things like you kind of realize very quickly when you like do like film stuff or image stuff or like whatever is like oh yeah well like you see through people's eyes like eyes are mm. extremely important in terms of like especially animation like they're very important to like be able to like empathize with a person and like see through them even if they're like you know technically not real or whatever. Like, and that makes a huge difference. And like, when you have like something that immediately puts that wall up, which I think a lot of hair metal bands did, like they were mostly it was like a lot of hair, it was honestly. a lot of hair. It was a lot of sunglasses. Like it was a lot of hair metal for yeah. nothing. Yeah. And that's like a, a big difference as far as like everything that separates like that versus like that kind of like kind of grunge era where like every band was a little bit more like, I'm going to face you on camera mm-hmm. and I'm going to like sing at you and I'm going to like let you completely into me which I think is like a very different type of vulnerability and I think uh especially in November and what I like see is like there are a couple of moments where like you see somebody looking at you but almost always it is like either sunglasses or like Axel is looking like off camera Mm, or like there's no real like accessibility point and I think that's like so yeah. it's interesting. So I've been listening to two bands a lot lately. So these were two bands that I loved when I was a teenager. Before I got into punk, I was into grunge because that was what was big in the mm-hmm. early 90s, you know, early to mid 90s. 
it was the grunge, and I lived in the Pacific Northwest. That's where I grew up. Yeah. So I mean, unavoidable. It was even, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was everything. <laughs> everything. You looked, like they were, yeah. So the two bands that I was really, really obsessed with were Alice in Chains and yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. And so I've been revisiting these these their discography lately. It's like it's just crazy. You could like not listen to something for fifteen years and then like throw on uh, like Tiny Music for the Vatican Gift Shop, which is the the, Stone, the final Stone Temple Pilots album. Yeah. Maybe the final one with Scott Weiland. Maybe not. There might well, be like one the final like big one. Yeah. yeah so, like the final like and these songs are Scott Weiland and Lane Staley, and then Jerry Cantrell also contributed writing. Mm-hmm. They in, with Alice in Chains. They are so deep. They are not about love. They are not about heartbreak they are about the heartbreak of being human yeah and some of the shit especially alice in chains it is like hard to get through because you know what ended up happening to him yeah and well when, and scott wyland too and, yeah. and scott yeah. wyland too but scott wyland 20 years later scott but wyland like danced a little bit more of like a satirical line there was nothing yeah, yeah with like lane staley it was kind of like okay David you're done tortured soul yeah. every Gone. song and you just like knowing what ended up happening and listening to that, those songs, you know, it's it's pretty, it's beautiful and it's tragic. Now, Axl Rose, I consider an incredible lyricist and songwriter, but they are all songs about love. Yeah. There's nothing beyond that deep, you know, there's nothing deep beyond well, that Well, in surface. his deep songs, you mean like, no, I mean like the, his the, other songs are about like- uh, Heroin, but like what? Heroin, partying. yeah, night train, but yeah, partying, all not, that stuff. But and then he, like the, the torment of being human. Yeah, yeah. and um, I do also have like a very weirdly enough. Those are both two bands that like I also have a very weird visceral video connection to. Which one? Which um, two? But both Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains. Um, so like with Stone Temple Pilots, I have a very deep and visceral connection to Sour Girl. Mm. Um, which is so I that think, might have, that was off the record after Tiny Music. Yes, maybe. and I remember that video yeah. very deep because it's a very like almost in utero inspired video where like Scott Weiland just kind of dances shirtless with like Sarah Michelle Geller most of the video but like he looks so good I don't think Scott Weiland has ever looked better than in that video his hair was everything I wanted to be in middle school it's like very like it's like the perfect ideal of like kind of like a messy like updo kind of like punkish style I mean, he was a people, he looks so people fucking talk good. shit about Soldier Boy Pilots like I will defend I love Stone Temple they're Pilots. a fantastic I also band love the Scott DeLeo Weiland. brothers yeah. who are the primary songwriters it was they were phenomenal, and Scott Weiland was great. And you know, let's not forget the real post Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses That's, was I Velvet mean, yes. Revolver. True, you know? extremely like, true. So, yeah. So the DBA Guns and Roses, the Chinese Democracy Guns and Roses with Axel. Definitely, I would say Velvet Revolver was a more authentic of what Guns and Roses really oh, could absolutely. have been. Absolutely, That's true. And Scott Weiland was a fantastic choice. To and then my Allison Chains is. I, I liked Alice in Chains. I didn't really ever get into them. They always felt like I, I was much more. It's heroin rock. Yeah. And I think it was just a little too. I, I don't want to say it was hardcore because it wasn't really hardcore, but it felt a little bit more. They're the heavier, yeah, it was a much heavier thing. They're the yeah. heaviest like, of grunge My bands. light yeah. form of like grunge was like, I liked Pearl Jam. I loved Eddie Vedder's voice. I loved Lane Staley's voice. I really still love him. I did. Um, I, you know, I listened to um, that. I can't remember what the album title is but i listened to that first allison james album a lot i really loved when i was a freshman is, that, is in, it dirt yeah dirt dirt is absolutely yeah. it or something like that um but like when i was a freshman in college i did um a i had to take an interpretive dance class uh, <laughs> for my major and i did so for the final for that class you have to basically choreograph you had to choreograph your own thing um like your own kind of full thing to whatever song you wanted to. And then you I perform chose, it? Yeah, and perform it. Oh my it. God, this is incredible. Um, I think you've mentioned this. I feel this. like I probably have mentioned yeah. this to you. But like, so I did a um, performance, a like five minute interpretive dance um, 
thing that I choreographed to um, the unplugged version of Rooster, which fucking wails. Alice in Chains has, I I know you're a Nirvana stand. Alice in Chains unplugged. Alice Chains Unplugged is my favorite thing because it it's like so, it's, it's beautiful. It was one of the last shows that Lane Stanley yeah. ever played. He died not long after, and that. he looks he is completely his, dead the entire his time. And that's actually was like phenomenal. And compared to like Guns N' Roses too, like Lane Staley does that entire show basically like with like half dead. Yeah, like a half dead. He either has sunglasses on or uh-huh. he is basically looking completely gone. Like he is really I mean, like not correctly. Every song. And like it's the amazing thing about like Lane Staley's voice is that like he really does like kind of just like he doesn't need like any performance aspect he just is completely he just sat there through his throat like making mm. sure I, it happens I get, I get like i get like choked up thinking about yeah like the original performance is always like it's something that i think i remembered from like listening to it in high school like just listening to that song i liked a lot of that unplugged album but like that song specifically and knowing that like it actually like you know again like what you were saying about like maybe like stone temple pilots is like it has a deeper meaning to like late stale like not like their songs were like you know, insanely deep or whatever, but like that song has like this deeper, like kind of Vietnam context. Yeah. This it's has about this his like, grandfather in Vietnam. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that's amazing, and that's yeah. like super cool to like see that like this person clearly still feels that. And like the unplugged version, I just like always remember that like I, I think the like I, I like the normal single of it. It's good, it's fine, but like the unplugged version of it basically like hits exactly what I like a song to hit, which is that like it starts off very slow. It like basically drops completely off the face of the earth and then comes in like roaring. Alice and Shades did something with their unplugged that no other band has ever done. Is they they took a like eleven perfect songs and somehow made them better on the unplugged album. And yeah. they they reversed it. Um, yeah, they weren't afraid of, I think, the it, thing that, like, was, Nirvana it, yeah. very famously did in their Unplugged, which is, like, okay, cool, well, we're just kind of going to play, like, a bunch of, like, you know, random songs. I think Nirvana songs. Unplugged yeah, is up there for oh, some it's of them, up, absolutely. Like, 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 I think, yeah, in my opinion, Alice I mean, Chains Unplugged is, like, the... the but, yeah, I think Alice Chains does, album. like... What about the Jay-Z Unplugged? I'm just going to pop I've in here. I've never so, seen so, it, So, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, but another thing, I don't know when the Unplugged album started. I don't know when they the first ones. I don't know really the story about Unplugged. But, God, imagine a Guns N' Roses unplugged. I was going to ask so, if there was one. No, um, there's not. That's amazing, oh, actually. And one of the things, though, that's interesting when comparing it to these other bands is kind of a weird thing about Guns N' Roses is that all original members are alive. Yes. Yeah. And they've and teetered they were, on Most death. of them were heroin addicts. Most, yeah. most of them were heroin addicts. It's like a, mod, yeah, it's like a Motley Crue kind Axel of thing Crow where it's like, it's kind is, of a miracle. Axel Crow. Axel Crow. Is uh, bipolar, right? So he, he could something. like, no, I guess I'm reading this other thing and he's diagnosed bipolar. bipolar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so like, he's got severe mental health issues yeah. and all of this access to all this shit. Like he, sh- also, bipolar like, is kind of a, yeah, it's a minor miracle too. that like at yeah. least three of them were probably like at some point teetering on death yeah, at I mean, all I mean, points. Definitely like of, Slash like has overdosed several times. Yeah. And, and Adler then, is the one and, that's remarkably alive. And Adler, Adler has the celebrity uh, rehab yeah, curse on him. Keeping, um, an eye, keeping an eye on Adler. Keeping an eye on Adler. Do you know about the celebrity rehab curse? I don't curse? know this. Well, just like a, a lot of people that have gone on Relapse. celebrity rehab have di- are dying. Yeah. And oh. I say, yeah, addicts yeah. are going to die. No, but it's a high percentage though. Yeah. And Dr. Drew. Okay. Dr. But Drew is... Is he yeah, killing them? Are you saying he's killing them? I'm Dr. saying he's an irresponsible doctor. Oh, he's the Dr. Worst. Drew yeah. is killing these celebrities, I'm yes. I'm just saying the celebrity rehab <laughs> curse. I'll after they it. appear on Dr. Site. Drew is killing them. Because they're <laughs> all alive, then we get... 60 year old guns and roses right. yeah it's it's <laughs> the, it's almost like I, I mean it is like that like very o- overblown kind of cursor it's like oh yeah like 
we never got to see what like Nirvana would, would have been like had yeah, like Kurt Cobain lived. No, we just we like, never got to see grown up Nirvana. We yeah. never got to see grown but up Alice would in Chains. Grown we never up got never... to see grown up Sodable Pilots. We, I, I know you said you like Pearl Jam. I think they're one of the worst fucking bands of all time. All we got was shitty grown up Pearl Jam. And even Pearl Jam at least kind of like made a pivot very like. We got Soundgarden in the mid nineties. They were just kind of like eh, fuck it. Like we're just kind of kind of they become really like a Foo Fighters band. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. that's but fine. But wouldn't grown up Nirvana be Foo Fighters and kind of like I don't the know. Way that also Courtney evolved. I think like is. Like, I feel like what? there's an unfortunate part that I really do too. believe that like Kurt Cobain probably and possibly could have evolved into something that resembles like what Johnny Rotten is now, which is just kind of like so a very new, weird, like an experimental, like, like could have formed a new band that was hmm. more experimental or more just like, well, maybe more so just like, just kind of being like a, like, no, fuck it. I'm going to like stick to my roots to a level yeah. that's just like, I'm going to just kind of be an asshole for like the rest of my life. And but I he's feel still like making music with, with public image, like public image is John Lydon's real band. Sex Pistols were not a real band. Yeah. They never were. Well, cause he like, was never yeah, that. It was his he, is, he is public image. That's the band he always wanted to be in. And he still I is. think Kurt Cobain's a much better musician than John, John Lydon. So like, a there's a, yeah. that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I, like John Lydon was yeah. like, Sex Pistols, like, was his like practice. And then he's like, I guess I like this thing. Where, I, yeah, like, that sounds right. But like, I, I feel like Kurt Cobain, absolutely, I could see morphing into something that like, I would have absolutely hated that, right now. And I, I'm yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it would have, it's, it's, but it's kind of like the same thing with Axl Rose and what ended up like, like, and uh, the band is they they want they be they want to be artists they want to yeah. be beyond musicians. Oh yeah. The thing about Guns and Roses too that like I, I think is always maybe one of those barriers t- to me is that they don't seem they don't seem uh, they seem simultaneously like self aware enough to realize what they are, but they aren't like a. I guess they aren't like ashamed of it in the way that like you're accustomed to seeing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like they just don't seem to know what to do with what they were at their peak. Yes, absolutely. That's what happened. Like if you go back, going through all of this, like the Guns N' Roses from 86 to 89 is a perfect band. Mm-hmm. They're honestly like the album Appetite for Destruction is perfect, no skips, yep. everything top to bottom. And like and, 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 and the, the way that, that it came to it that don't really even love guns are like people yeah. admit Appetite for Destruction is a rare yeah, and perfect like, record. And one of the reasons is they were just like working together mm-hmm. so in synergy. They were all kind of at their peak putting that album together, like great songwriting, like uh great production, uh, great my production, all that stuff. Yeah. And then then they got like it blew up and they didn't know what to do. You they literally didn't know so what to and, do. And and I, as a big, you know, fan of the music, like I think the User Illusion albums are fantastic. I I would venture to say that I like User Illusion 2 as much as I like Appetite. I think it's as good of a record. Is it a perfect mm. record? No. Is it does it have songs on it that are equally good as songs on Appetite? Yes. And I think most gutters actually agree with that. Um, but um the band evolved really fast because there was Seven, uh, four years in between the two records. So it's a it's a big follow-up and they well, wanted it to be perfect and they just completely went a, a whole other direction. Yeah, and like I think like just the way that they made the first album and it embodied like them just like all living together authentic. and all this shit and like partying in the strip and then by the time they got rich they got different yeah. houses and they're separating their lives are different and all the different and it's yeah, just, and like, kind they're of just a bunch apart. of guys who kind of like come together yeah. to like be like oh, i guess i don't really like this as much as i but thought that's i should the, story, the sophomore album 
story you hear over and over and yeah, over again. That is. Yeah. So the first records are authentic. They're struggling bands. They're they're perfect. Like they want like it, it all was just like the realest shit they were doing. It's so yeah. real. And then it becomes bigger than they ever imagined. And they have to do better or as good. They have to top it. But at this point, they're rich. They're famous. Yeah. Like they're dating supermodels. Like how do you keep that authenticity? Yeah. You cannot. You well, don't. I think that's one of the things that like I, I keep like morphing this until like trying to to get a a view on this through like bands that I like because I have very little understanding of Guns N' Roses understand uh like as you both know mm-hmm. but like it's a very different thing than like Green Day is like an out like an artist that like I have always been like they were like the first band that I like connected with as a like as a like person who like understood the music was a thing that was like it like American Idiot hit exactly the right time it was exactly perfectly situated for like people of my age um to understand music and like there is a level of that that like i I think most other bands can't have which is that like it is just kind of like even in their later stuff which is admittedly not great there are some bits that i'm still just like "Eh, it's fun i like listening to it and i will like always like i I will kind of always attest to that i think that is one of the like best bands i've ever seen live but like it's that very different than like Guns N' Roses thing because it's like, oh, this is clearly like at this point, like these are three dudes who are like, just they like had to go through it, but they realized then that I was they like, like, no, we're out three the formula. Yeah. We're like three I, friends I, who like really do yeah. just like, honestly, like, like just I making agree. music. That's, 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 that's a Beastie Boys like, story. Yeah. The Beastie Boys is exactly example. the right yeah. thing. And I love Beastie Boys, but as much as I dislike Green Day, <laughs> I will agree with you in the sense that they naturally evolved. Yeah, yeah exactly. There is like, no yeah. contrition to it at all. And it like, they just, understand, yeah. they're very, I think, aware of what they are and what they become. And like, even if like some of their stuff like ended up kind of just being like, ah, this is like corny dead music i don't think it could have done anything more and i'm kind of like that's fine like i i'm fine with this you're like good they're corny at what you dads are. like whatever yeah exactly yeah. Like, corny you're dad all very, corny dads. yeah exactly yeah. you're very like understanding of this and like none of like i would rather that's like i guess the ideal that like the nirvana could have never probably achieved that because yeah. i think they all by the time kurt died kind of disliked each other to some extent and i don't think kurt I I just don't yeah, see a world. Broken up. I don't see a world where Kurt would have ever lived. But like, I, yeah. I think that's like Wait, one of the things that like is you, very different. This this is an important question. Did Courtney Love murder Kurt Cobain? See, I I really do believe that Kurt killed himself. I think like knowing and just enough of it, I'm just kind of like I I've seen the things that this person was capable of musically yeah. and artistically. I think there's a way like as much as like some of the things seem physically impossible when you look at like the Broomfield doc and stuff, it's just kind of like, honestly, I, I think he could have done it. I really do believe this was Tara's just a, a man. Strong I'm a strong, and, and we're not, we're not going to go into it here, Yeah, but I have, you know, I, I, I have objective you know, I think stuff it's not why I think that, that yeah. she, she was involved in his death. Oh, I, I don't. I feel, uh, yeah. I feel strongly, um, that he didn't kill himself. And it's not because of me being into some conspiracy. Yeah. There are facts in line that add up and I could like, that are not in these documentaries. And this is, and I'm coming at this from somebody who's been involved with the music scene in both Los Angeles and Portland, who knows people and players who know Courtney Love, who, who played with Nirvana, who, who know um, a player in this whole thing is Billy Corgan, Melissa Offenbar. Yeah. Yeah. These are all rotating cast of the death of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. They all have a role in it. El Duce, El Duce, whatever his name was. Yeah. Like that, these I think were, we could start a very like, yeah, like potent rumor right now that Billy Corgan killed Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. which would no. be a lot more fun for me than no, Kurt Cobain. No, but I mean, Cordy there's, there's well, a lot of. I, we don't need I, to get into no, it, but yeah, Tara's a strong 
Courtney's a murderer. One of our last guests, Chris McAdoo, <laughs> says she's a witch. She's a witch. That's fair. Yeah, I that's think that's fair. an entirely so, fair assessment. I think, I think I'm correct. I think Chris is correct. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise. Like this is the thing. I think he killed himself, but it wouldn't surprise me. Did like I I. The idea that like Courtney Love could have been either not in necessarily even like involved, but just on any level had thought about those kinds of things wouldn't mm. surprise me. Like considering yeah. everything, it just feels like this is like a very it, like they had turned themselves into a Sid and Nancy type of relationship and they like lived up to that standard and like much in the Sid and Nancy way. It's kind of like, honestly, like, I guess just at the end of the day, one of you is dead and the other person... The wrong person died. All right, so, this episode is getting a little long. I think that we need to... I know, maybe we'll wrap it up. So I want to finish it with... Um, we need to know what you, so what you think the cause of death is. Yeah. Of the gonna, wife yeah. in November. Yeah. I think the cause of death is that, um, as we were just talking about, I think the wife killed herself. I think the wife was disenchanted with the marriage. It felt, as much as I can put anything together, I feel like the wife was um, almost forced into this marriage by false pretenses and mm-hmm. just decided that the only way out was to um, kill herself. The way I pictured going was that she threw herself in front of a car because that seems adequately melodramatic and would have been fun to see in a music video. Okay, and she, so I already asked right. you. She already does kill herself. You if you thought it was the, most, the best music video of all time, you said it was the most music video of all time. Yeah. So you've already answered that. So let me ask you this. What do you consider the best music video of all yeah. time? That's a good question. Oh, I... Oh, so I, I, I absolutely does. have this. Um, there is an Spike Jones directed a mm. music video for Electro Bank um, in the mid '90s, starring his then wife Sofia Coppola. Huh. Um, it is a, a song that is primarily without music. It is almost an entirely like in that era where like British beat music existed and Spike Jones did a lot of music videos for like the Chemical Brothers <laughs> and he did music videos for Electro Bank and for um, Fat Boy Slim most yes, prominently. Yeah, we talked about Fat Boy Slim Fat Boy on this. <laughs> <laughs> I really have Much like a very, but like um, God, I, I think Praise rem- You is one of the greatest music videos of all time. Praise You is Praise You fucking rules. I love basically everything. I have uh, a DVD of Spike Jones music videos Same, that I, I have play. That yeah, it rules. But you're the second person to come on and say that a Spike Jones video. I think he's had the same I mean like I um, it was it, the least. So we have uh, November Rain, one of the most expensive videos, and Praise You is documented as a least expensive yeah, music like video. Basically nothing. For like and a like, major label and or whatever. To like, yeah. Another one of my favorite directors is David Fincher, who like prominently oh, yeah. in the eighties did like only like the most expensive videos. Like he did basically like Madonna's Vogue. Yeah. He did Madonna's Express Yourself. He did like a bunch of things, and then just kind of like cool. I'm gonna pivot into film, and I'm not gonna do this. Whereas like Spike Jones really was like cool. I'm just gonna kind of fuck around and like just do a bunch of like just random indie. Shit shit and electro bank I, I can't remember what the song is called for the life of me but like it is one of, actually electro bank i think might be the song title and i think it might be a chemical brothers song i don't we'll I, figure we'll, yeah, find we'll out. figure it one out one of those um yeah, but like it cool. is basically like cooler than it was described it is before. a really cool narrative film because it is basically a short where like he just kind of shows like sophia coppola as like as if she's in like a high school gym meet like just kind of doing this routine and like it's this very weird push and pull between just like her trying to do this routine and the stakes are that mm. it is basically like, okay, cool. I want to do this. Well, at one point, like a stepmom and like, or what? like a mom and like a stepdad come into the stands and are like, Hey, let's go, honey. Okay. And so like, we need to watch yeah. it on the so next fun. one. It's like legitimately like there's like stakes. There's a narrative set up. It's extremely well done. And it is just like extremely like it knows it's just fun. Like that's, uh-huh. and I think that's something that like, is still kind of like 
itches at me when like I watch November Rain is that like the idea that's like it is taking itself way more seriously than it needs to. Well, and you know, the, and I think if it had more fun with itself, I think if it was like more clearly, it's playing not to fun the, at all. That's yeah, so weird. Like, yeah, if it was it playing into fun. the tropes that it was kind of clearly emulating. I think I would have just been like, oh, this rules. And I think I have a heart. Like I think I'm at a barrier because it like is so much just like, okay, well, this is what it takes to have like a serious music video. And yeah. that's very fascinating so, to me. But the other thing about November Rain is it is one of the most viewed YouTube mm-hmm. uh, music videos. It has 1.6 billion views for like being a 30-year-old video. Yeah. Um, and it, when we started this podcast, it was at 1.4 billion. So it's, it's like up. already, it just ticks up constantly. Yeah. And you go in there, people are watching it constantly and in and the comments commenting. and being like, this video saved my life, da, da, da. Like, it's so wild at that point, That too. is fascinating, yeah. too, because, like, it's not... Like, I don't want to say it's not and influential, it's Donald Trump's favorite video. Is it really? That's why we started the podcast. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, a very fascinating... Like, I would say that, like, if anybody wanted to, like, point to, like, what, like, a, like a music video was in, like, the late 80s, I would point them to November Rain. I understand yeah. it's from the early 90s. That is, like... November Rain, having watched it now, I think is like the quintessential thing of like, it's like this or like a Bon Jovi music video or like something like that, where it's just kind of like, okay, cool. This is going to run through like the gamut of tropes that like any one of these videos did. There was, this is how you see how much money was in this industry at the time and how clearly like fucked up everyone, like, like to be able to like put a couple of million dollars into just being like, hey, I guess Axel said this is the narrative and like just be like, all right, so we're going to do this. It's still going to like do very well because the uh, of like MTV at the time. Like that is like, yeah, I, I stick to my the like, most. Yeah, I think music that, that's like the best way I could have possibly described it is that like it is the most music video. I, I agree. I think that's a great. I think it's the most and the best. Yeah, the most and the best. Don't disagree. All right, so okay, um, so states, we'll have to come. You'll have to come back and we'll wait, watch you that video. You could do your Nirvana episode too. And if you want, but nice. we need to talk about the '92 VMAs too, because yes, yeah, I'm very Nirvana shit. So, about their Nirvana and so Courtney stay shit. tuned uh, to Nothing Lasts Forever. We got a big uh, few episodes coming up after this. We're entering into Buckethead month. Yeah. So everything you never wanted to know about Buckethead, you're gonna find out right here. Yep. All right. See you later. Bye. Last forever.